Be encouraged. Welcome to a podcast centered around being encouraged, being an encouragement to someone, and being encouraged, replacing fear with unwavering trust. I hope you are encouraged today by a message from Michelle Reynolds. No matter what phase you are in in life, you can be encouraged in Christ. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. Um, Before we get into our lesson, I kind of just wanted to take care of a little business first. And I just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. As I was going back through my old journals and going over the notes when God originally gave me the idea of doing Be Encouraged podcast, one of the things that I wrote down was that I was supposed to have lessons prepared and ready for Mondays and Thursdays versus what I've been doing, which is on Sundays and Wednesdays. So I just kind of wanted to let you all know that we're going to be changing some Mondays and Thursdays. Um, now, just because I'm putting them out on one Mondays and Thursdays doesn't mean that you won't have access to them any other day out the week that you choose to listen to whenever it's convenient for you. I just want to make sure that I'm being fully obedient to what God instructed me to do. And a part of that was making sure that I was doing it on the days that uh, he told me to do it on. So, again, I'm going to have all the episodes saved under the Encouraged podcast name. So if you want to subscribe, it'll send you a notification to let you know that a new episode has come out. And you can go and listen to that whenever it's convenient for you. You don't have to listen to it on Monday or Thursday just because that's the day that I'm putting it out. But I just wanted to let you know, if you're looking for a new episode, it's going to be on either a Monday or a Thursday. So our lesson for today, now that I've got all that out the way, is written by John. And we're going to be in the book of Revelations. And I, I just kind of, as I was studying and preparing for this lesson, John has become my homeboy. Like, that's my that's my dog. That's my friend. You know, like, it, as I, the more I was writing my notes and the more I said his name as I was preparing for this lesson, I just was like, John sounds like my friend. He doesn't sound like an author of a book in the Bible. I'm, I'm referring to him as if we're cool. So uh I really enjoy preparing for this lesson, it, even though it, it has been a challenge because it is a in-depth topic. Our topic is going to be about eternal life, and it's going to come from the book of Revelations, chapter 21, verses 1 through 8, and also from chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And the reason why I say that uh the book of Revelations is a challenge is because it's an exciting work that has confused or perplexed many readers because of its nature as both um, a prophecy and a uh, apocalyptic, I guess I'm saying that I'm pronouncing it right, writing. Many Christian teachers avoid the book. Interpreters argue over the meaning of revelations. Others spend months and years searching for information from this book, you know, to, to relate to recent and upcoming events. However, my goal is to do only what God has asked of me, and that is to share the word of God in hopes of revealing a great treasure to encourage believers in all eras of their faith. I am not here to debate interpretations. I am not here to support any theories. I am simply here to share what it is that God is teaching to me in hopes that it helps you, you know, so before we get into our lesson, we're going to go ahead and pray and we're going to ask the Lord to 
speak to our hearts about the assurance of eternal life, you know, and, and how we get that assurance is through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Father God, thank you so much for loving me. Lord, thank you so much for for using me, even though I am so unworthy, Lord. Thank you that you work through my flaws, Father God, and you reveal yourself to your people. I pray that every person that listens to this message would have ears that hear and a heart that is ready to receive whatever it is that you have for them, Father God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict us and comfort us and grow us and all the things that the Holy Spirit is meant to do in our lives. I pray that we would be open and willing to that, Father. And Lord, I just pray that as we go through this lesson, that you would give me the words to say, that you would speak through me and help me to put my opinion or put my flesh to the side and may everything that comes from my mouth conform to you and to your word, Father God. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so before we get into Revelation, I want to take us back into the Old Testament. And in the last chapter of the book of Isaiah, God promised to create new heavens and a new earth that would endure forever. So we're going to go ahead and flip to Isaiah chapter 66, verse 22. And it says, as surely as my new heavens and earth will remain so will you always be my people with a name that will never disappear says the lord so in the final two chapters of revelation john begins to describe the fulfillment of that promise from isaiah while focusing on god's sovereignty john paints a marvelous picture of heaven he does so by stretching the human imagination with design, size, and symbolic images. These final scenes in the last two chapters of the new heaven and earth are pictures of a new community and a home for God's people that is created and given by God. These scenes are visions of hope help to lift the spirits of Christians during that time and today. Um, in Revelations 21 verses 1 through 8, John gives a basic vision, while in chapter 22 verses 1 through 5, he describes the New Jerusalem as the ultimate Garden of Eden. You know, this is the place where Adam and Eve could have experienced had they not sinned. And because it's a great deal of information that needs to be explained in chapter 21, verses one through eight, as well as chapter 22, verses one through five, um, we're going to do two separate parts. So part one, we're going to just focus on chapter 21, verses one through eight. And when you all come back on Monday or after Monday, whenever it's convenient for you, um, we'll go and we'll dive into chapter 22, verses one through five. So for right now, again, we're just going to focus on chapter 21. And we're going to start with verses one through two. And it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So in verse one, with nothing to compare a new heaven and a new earth to other than the present heaven and earth. John's vision involves God creation of the new heaven and earth by explaining how the old creation has disappeared because it was subject to decay. And 
to kind of give you some context on that, we're going to read Romans 8 verses 19 through 21, where it talks about that decay. Okay, so again, we're in Romans chapter 8 verses 19 through 21, and it says, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. So but what Romans 8, 19 through 21 is explaining is how as humans, we sinned, we fell. And as a result, the land was cursed. We were forced to work the land and it was going to be hard labor along with some other things that come along with that, uh, the consequences that come along with sin. But God's creation was subjected to that curse, even though it did nothing wrong, even though the earth itself, which we inhabit, did nothing wrong. It's subjected to death and decay because of the sinful nature of humans. So in verse one, again, where it talks about the sea was also gone. The sea was associated with chaos or the abyss and was sometimes portrayed as a roaring monster. The sea represented the source from where the beast arose to bring chaos and destruction in Revelation chapter 13, verse one. So as long as the sea existed, the potential for reversion to chaos would exist. Therefore, the phrase meant that when God established a new heaven and a new earth, there will no longer be a source of chaos or decay. That new creation will be free from all such evil. Um, John is explaining that the new creation is a gift from God. In the beginning, God created everything good. And in the end, God will create a new unbroken world. This picture of Jerusalem as a beautiful bride was to contrast the vision of Babylon or Rome as a prostitute in earlier chapters of Revelation. With this metaphor, John is explaining the redemptive work of Christ through the marriage of the Lamb of God and his bride. So all throughout scripture, when we hear about Christ's bride or God's bride, which is the church, you know, we're not to think of the building, but we are always to think of all those who respond to the message of salvation, you know, all those who respond to Christ. So we are the bride. We are that bride. I guess that's the best way I can explain. We are the church as believers, not the building, but we are the church. Okay, so let me go ahead and read verses three to five and try not to confuse you all any more than what I probably already have. Um, verses three through five, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. So John sets forth the, the new heaven and the new earth as the dwelling of God's people with the Lord God in the midst. 
with them, you know, which was the original plan from the beginning. God was in the garden with Adam and Eve. You know, he wants to dwell among his people. But ever since humanity sinned, separation from God has always been our greatest problem. You know, God has repeatedly called people to himself through the prophets, through Jesus Christ and through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in the new creation, God's people will finally be able to experience the ultimate and everlasting fellowship with God. Um, We were never meant to be apart from God, but God cannot be in the midst of sin because he's perfect. He's righteous. You know, so he has to be apart from our sinful nature. That's why we are to be accepting or receiving the salvation of Jesus Christ, because that redemptive relationship redeems our relationship with God. It makes us in right relationship with God. Okay, so in verse four, um, he talks about how nothing that grieves or pains the mind can exist in the fullness of the God's dwelling among his people. Therefore, no more death or sorrow or crying or pain because God's people will know the wholeness of salvation that Christ brings. Again, that's just going back to what I said. When we're in the presence of God, there's wholeness. It's not in his nature to be with sin and his nature doesn't change. So I I hope that's that makes sense. And, you know, I clarified that Um, we're going to go ahead and read verse six through eight. And it says, and he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty. I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So in verse six, God restates Jesus's final words on the cross. And he says, it is finished. And with this statement, God through John is connecting Christ's death with the assurance of eternal life. Also with the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet, John is portraying God as encompassing total reality and truth. He is from the beginning and the end. Christ is supreme and in charge of all things. He's in charge of the water of life and all who are thirsty for it. He is who he says he is. He's sovereign. So right here in the end of verse six, when it talks about the water of life, I I wanted to flip back to Revelations chapter seven, verse 16 through 17. And it says, they will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life, giving water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So when we think about God being our shepherd and we can go back to Psalms 23 
or, you know, anytime we think about God being our shepherd and leading sheep, it is the shepherd's responsibility to make sure that the sheep that are following him are protected. They have water, they have food, you know, he provides for their needs. He takes care of them. So we are his children. We are his sheep. He is leading us to everlasting water. We will never thirst again because the water, God, Jesus Christ, the source of that water, that living water that flows from him quenches our thirst. We won't have to go and search for something else that fulfills us because Jesus Christ, God himself, fulfills us. In verse 7 of Revelation 21, it says, all who are victorious meaning God's children who persevere in life will inherit his blessing. And again, that's just going back to our adoption. Our adoption is a covenant relationship which certifies our privileges and responsibilities in the family of God. While in verse 8, this list are all those who choose not to live in the power and authority of a saving relationship in Jesus Christ. These sins characterize people who have not experienced adoption by God and their fate is the fiery lake. You know, so as I went through this lesson, like, again, I say I always like to give us something to think on. I I have a question for us to always sit back and reflect on. And the question for this lesson is, what choice have you made? Have you chose ultimate paradise? Or have you chosen the fiery lake? You know, and your choice is simple. It's either believing and accepting your relationship as being a child of God, accepting salvation through Jesus Christ, or it's not. You know, so I'm going to go ahead and get ready to close us in prayer. And my, my prayer is that this lesson has helped you to know that eternal life is real and that there is assurance or there is a guarantee to eternal life with God and being in his presence where there is no sorrow, there is no pain, um, there is no crying. And then there is a second option where you choose not to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you have to deal with eternity of a fiery lake burning all the time. And I, I pray that you choose to take on the ultimate paradise. I pray that you choose to dwell in the presence of God all the days of your life. Um, so let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you so much. I pray that as your people listen to this message, Father God, and as I go back and listen to this message to see what it is that you're saying to me, I pray that even the things that I may have said wrong or gotten wrong, Father God, you would take it and use it in your people's life and you would make it right like only you can, Father. Lord, I know that I don't have to be perfect and everything I say does not have to be perfect because your word is perfect. So I pray that your people will hear from you and to hear your word and to receive the message that you have for them, Lord. And so I, I just give this over to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, you guys, so that's it. I love you, and God loves you too. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you today. Please share and come back next week for another episode of Be Encouraged.